You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Brr. It's wintertime, buckaroos. As my daddy still says, it's colder than a well driller's took us out there. Which means them doggies are shivering and you got death metal blasting in the dark of the early morn because you're on your way to go ice climbing. Or maybe you're still standing in line at the local boulangerie in Uray, Colorado at 9 a.m. after a hot soak, anticipating your half-calf soy milk latte with one pump of vanilla. Thank you very much. Either way, you crazy sons of bitches are all fired up to jug haul up them icicles. And though in this cowpoke's opinion, they should be staging an intervention rather than stoking the addiction, Black Diamond is and has always been at the forefront of innovation when it comes to pure ice and mixed climbing. I mean, just look at the names of Black Diamond's ice tools for crying out loud. The Cobra, the Reactor, the Fuel, the Viper. How the hell are you not going to feel like a boss wielding two Vipers in your hands? Of course, it helps to forget that Vipers generally would stay away from ice or go dormant in those temperatures, as would Cobras. And if you did grab either of those snakes by the tail, you'd probably be dead within a couple hours, max. But try not to think about that while you're swinging your way up a glorious blue chunk of God's frozen creation. So once the natural euphoria of rewarming your hands begins to ebb, head over to BlackDiamondEquipment.com or your favorite local shop and check out BD's ice tools, ice screws, apparel, and all the other accoutrement that goes with scraping up frozen rock and water. Because hell, aren't we really just here for the accoutrement? Hey, what's up? It's your toes talking here. That's a nice alpine climb you got there. I'd hate to see something happen to it. Like when we get cold. Life gets pretty miserable, eh, Hotshot? Instead of a ballerina up there, you feel like a walrus. Not a svelte walrus who swims all day, but one of them big ones who lets seagulls crap on them. And if we ever do warm up again, well, get ready to howl like a banshee. And not a cool banshee that scares everybody, but one of them banshees the other banshees make fun of for sounding stupid. So get with it, buddy, and get some sick mountain boots from Sportiva. That's right, Italian-made. So high-tech, they're like, what? Oh, we gotta go? All right. Just listen to your toes and check out all of Sportiva's ice climbing and big mountain boots at Sportiva.com or your local shop. And tell them your toes sent you. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, the big place. That's, it out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. Out. I'll say, you really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by La Sportiva with support from Maxim Ropes and our friends at Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com. Entry Norma at checkout to get a discount on great coffee and to support the Norma cast. All right, welcome to the Norma cast. This is your host, Chris Kloos. It is, um, what is it, January 16th? 
about, is it 16th? I have no idea. Yeah, it is. It's January 16th, about nine o'clock. Yeah. And uh, in Newcastle, Colorado, coming to you 2022. New Boulder. New Boulder. <laughs> and this is episode 235 of the Enorma Cast, the sixth annual Taps edition. Goddamn. Where's our sound guy? Hit it. And I've always wondered if that's disrespectful to use that name on this thing, but I haven't heard anything about it yet. So it must the, be fine then. Yeah, the military folks who listen to it have not taken offense. Um, we mean no offense by it. But the idea behind the show, which started six years ago now, is that we are going to talk about uh, trends and notions in climbing that have either died or are dying on life support, as it were, or in the end, maybe we wish would die. And some things, too, that have come back to life, the things we like to call zombies, that like, no matter how hard we try to kill them, they, they keep popping up. So that's the, that's the idea behind the show, the TAPS. Everybody got confused in the old days that it was like an acronym for something. It is not. It is the name of that song, um, the mournful tune played at a soldier's, a soldier's internment. So yeah, here we are with uh, Andrew Bisharat, returning taps. Yeah, 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 yeah. What up, yo? Hype man, Andrew Bisharat. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What? And we have a new panel member, yeah, Dilk Two Point <laughs> Hyper Dilk. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Those yeah. are that would be, you know, if you're wanting to improve on the old Dilk, it's going to be hard. But no, nah, um, Andy Salo's here, uh, a trans recent transplant to the Western Slope from. Uh, up in Vermont, in the uh, Gunks area. Um, Those welcome. Those two are not the same thing. Well, I know, but you're a gunky. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. The Northeast, whatever. Yeah, there's fun. like what? Yeah. Two climbing, there's like two climbing know? areas yeah, worth so talking about up got there. Red River Gorge <laughs> and then like some other things. You know, yeah, it's fine. The Dax. Um, <laughs> yeah. I always hear from the Dax people. Yeah, sure. They're They're get pissed angry. that we never talk about I the know. Dax. Yeah. So there you go, Dax all people. We them. just said it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they're getting angry right now. <laughs> I know. They're all like picking the moss out of their finger, I know. fingernails. Get on the dial up modems to <laughs> write you an angry email. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're here with TAPS. We've got a, 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 an amazing list of things to do. But before we get to that, first of all, why don't you uh, see if we can get a hold of Dilk? We're not sure if we well, can. We can't because he's dead. Oh, right. Um, that he he's said, he's our us. first topic. He's our of first the night. topic. Steve Dilk is dead to us, yeah. which is a new category on the TAPS uh, edition. But before we get to that, we also have our usual sponsor, Brooklyn Distilling out of Brooklyn, New York, has sent us. Enough 77 whiskey to kill all three of us, actually. <laughs> Brad over there was very generous this year. But right now, we're, we're drinking 77 whiskey out of Brooklyn, New York. American single malt says here, age seven years, which uh, seems like a long time in this day and age. I mean, shit happens fast now. Yeah. So we want to thank the sponsor. If you guys are interested in this excellent whiskey, you can get it at their website. If you just Google Brooklyn Distillery. 
um, or 77 Whiskey. I'm sure you're able to find it out there. Uh, but we want to thank Brad out there at Brooklyn Distillery. And, cheers. Uh, cheers. Smooth. Smooth. Thanks, Brad. He's not picking up. No, Dilk isn't picking up because he's dead. Yes. Um, no, but he did get hit by a car. Yeah. Li- so so as, <laughs> as much as we're joking about him being dead to us, he actually was nearly dead to us <laughs> and to everybody else and to the to the uh, the corporal world. So I'm going to read a text we got from him on October 16th this year, 2021. Um, he said, we were, we were texting about the TAPS episode, which we keep sort of a, a log throughout the year of things we want to talk about. Steve Dilk, also dead. Me, climbing anything for a hot minute. Got hit by a car on my bike yesterday. Snapped both radius and ulna in my left arm. Surgery Thursday. Bummed, but quite happy to be alive. I ragdolled into a muddy ditch with the exception of a hay bale, probably softest landing imaginable. Amazingly, no needles in there. <laughs> 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 Which is a reference to his uh, sojourn in Portland, Oregon, actually, at this point. Um, so Steve's gone off to law school in Portland and abandoned us here on the Western Slope. Yeah. So now i got to fill in for him. Yep. And he's got to fill in for Dilk. Well, you, um, there's several things that you have going for you <laughs> that Dilk never brought to the table. One yeah. is like your vast knowledge of climbing uh, history. And two, you like probably climb four number grades harder than Dilk. <laughs> I don't think that matters. Uh, but I'm not laying crippled in a ditch. And yeah, you're not crippled. Yeah. And you're not dead to us. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was October. At this point, Steve is not climbing yet. I don't even think he's skiing yet. But he's started off this second semester of law school up there in Portland. And uh, we wish him well, despite the fact that he's dead to us. We do miss Steve. We do all, miss Steve. All joking aside. Yeah. And last year, what was... Oh, yeah, he couldn't drink whiskey on the show because he had annihilated himself like a week before. Well, we did the... Fa- the um, Are you allowed to disclose it? Yeah, no, I disclosed it on the on the Yeah, episode. yeah, we yeah. did, yeah. So. yeah. so you'll remember that we tried to do taps on January 6th, which was the night of the insurrection, and um, <laughs> everyone was like really fucking pissed off, and we, I think, just drank too much, and it was just completely unusable content yeah it got bad but yeah it was just, it was just bad and yeah. then we so we, we returned a week later and um more sober and and uh cleaner thinking prevailed and according to steve he swore off whiskey forever that's why he had to leave honestly. yeah he had to leave yeah, yeah. there's too much peer pressure anyway so taps 2022 here we are 2021 how we're reviewing 2021 um, and we're in 2022. So if we recall, the categories loosely are things that are dying, things that have died. A lot of death. Things we wish were dead and, uh, and the zombies. And uh, we always like to say this is a great way to start the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get started? Let's do sure. it. Okay. So first on the list, or, or we're going to talk about some stuff that I think we, we sort of hold sacred but is, is dying and, and, you know, we're going to all have different opinions on this stuff. So first thing I want to bring up is, is the, is, is, can you even sell out anymore? There used to be this notion in climbing that if you sort of got too famous or started accepting, you know, even any sort of monetary compensation for your climbing or, you know, started doing ads for Marlboro or things that or, climbers have done, climbers have done, 
you basically like were a sellout and you were shunned by the climbing community. Well, hold on a second okay. while I sip my um, Brooklyn whiskey. <laughs> yeah, 77 <laughs> whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Hold on. And then I'll answer your question. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. That's smooth. That is smooth. Yeah. Mmm. Yeah. Get it online. Where are your, 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 any, anywhere whiskey. fine whiskeys are sold. <laughs> anyway, as yeah. we were talking yeah. about. Selling out. Can you sell out not, anymore? Just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I think the only selling out you can do anymore is not selling out. That's Whoa. very meta. <laughs> like if you're not getting paid to climb, like you should just stop. You should just yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> so we've reached like maximum, maximum density where no, if you're, I think, you're I uncool think, if you're not selling out. Exactly. I think the new, the new sellout is like the branching outside of climbing industry. You know? Okay. Like ripping down the carriage road on your Ford Bronco. Right, you know, or mm. like snow blowing your driveway with, you know, your new like environmentally friendly <laughs> gas powered two stroke yeah. snow blower. Yeah, 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 <laughs> made out of steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's shovel broke or something. Again, to put it in perspective, like you know, Messner was was one of these guys that was like super anti sponsorship and having patches on your on your jackets and all those sorts of things back in the day, and there was this real pushback. Not only that, about also like portraying yourself in these kind of fantastic ways to sort of sell yourself was always seen as a little bit bad. Like uh, we, I think we've mentioned this before, but like allowing a photo printed of you on a climb that you didn't actually send was like super bad form. Things like that used to exist, and but it's all couched in this notion of this like purity of the pursuit and. For me, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I think there are parts of us that still hold those ideas sacred. Yeah, I mean, we all get rankled when we see that heinous ad for right. something, you know, whether it's like CBD, CBDs, or whatever, or that you know. that freaking um, the Hitachi like vibrator thing, uh, the thing, the muscle like. Oh, muscle deal. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the Theragun. Yeah. Oh, Theragun. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Um. I just I was just joking because you know it looks those, like those big Hitachi know, things like, that are really actually supposed to be for, for your muscles. Like that's <laughs> yeah, how they're sold. Right. Like, yeah. You go to Bed Bath Beyond and buy a vibrator. Yeah, I don't think you go to Bed Bath Beyond for those. <laughs> I think you go in that little red light shop on the corner. No, that's what I'm talking about. The yeah. real the real Hitachi ones are originally just supposed to be for massaging yourself. Oh. Nevertheless. <laughs> um, there was like, it was like last year or two years ago where every climber was selling the, the, the little gun muscle beater mm-hmm. thing, which yeah. is the Theragun. Is that what it's called? <laughs> the muscle beater. Well, yes. but then there was like some knockoff brands. I yeah. think that yeah, like, yeah. right. Like second tier climbers had to hawk those <laughs> instead. <laughs> and currently we're in like a, we're in like right. a deluge of CBD. Sure. CBD, uh, yeah. supplements right mm-hmm. now, I mm-hmm. think online, yep. like some lucky folks are driving Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, and Messner is just sitting in his Adidas tracksuit in his fucking <laughs> castle, laughing at all of us. <laughs> Dabbing CBD oil, yeah. fucking driving around his Bronco shit. <laughs> I picture Messner driving around in a golf cart. Personally, like he's probably got like a like an ascot on and like. That just like flaps in the wind as he like goes from like one part of the west wing of his of his castle to right. the east wing in his golf cart. It's like Austin just like Powers a velour Adidas tracksuit, Adidas shoes. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, he puts out those thug life memes, you know, where the little glasses appear. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I think like, but on the serious end of things, like I think that what it boils down to is that for some reason we really respect or disrespect people's motivations in climbing. Right. And so it stands to reason that if somebody is selling out to take a trip or do a route or whatever, then their motivation for doing those things is then somehow tainted. Um, and we really, as climbers hold that sort of like, you know, honest and pure virtuous motivation as like something sacred. Yeah. But do we, uh, because like there's the, we like the three of us and then there's the greater we. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the fricking money talk, you're getting a few bucks from some CBD ad you put on your Instagram. I think that's, that's like seen as you've won. Like you mm-hmm. are, you're like the boss. Yeah. You're winning capitalism. Right. <laughs> like, you're you know, figuring it like out. you were, if you said like on the run out, you were talking about how you'd read something where like Gen Z, that's like their dream job is to be an influencer yeah, yeah. or, you, a, or a YouTube person. creator. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's no like cringe in it whatsoever. Right. And we used to have cringe. Well, that's also like just a reflective of the general society. I mean, keep in mind, the youngest person in this room is still, I mean, you're 40 and I'm 38. So I'm right. the youngest. Right. So at 38 and you know, I mean, 70% of the climbing population on Instagram is younger than me. Right. For sure. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't be talking. And this about isn't this. the first time I'm going to say this on this podcast, but you're an old soul. Andy. I am well. an old soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I'm not dead yet. <laughs> we'll eulogize you here, though, yeah. when you do die. Yeah. We're still I'm going to eulogize you for <laughs> mentioning my age on this show. <laughs> well, I said you're 14. Eulogize my foot into your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think it's gone. And there's like us old guys that are like, yeah, it used to be this cool way, but mm-hmm. but the other thing I, I what and this happens a lot on this show is that was it a myth to begin with? Because yes, it was because it's like it just depended on whether you liked the person or not. Yeah, know? and I mentioned Marlboro because you know there's been climbers who were literally like the Marlboro man, right? You know, they sponsored um, the first American trip to Everest. I think right. it was like a cigarette sponsored trip and, like, and yeah. whiskey sponsored shit. And I'm yeah. sure. Well, yeah. and like in, you know, I mean, even in like the early days of sport climbing with Todd Skinner and mm-hmm. Reebok and that guy was doing anything he could to. Yeah. But see the interesting thing you bring up Skinner is that there was a big faction in the climbing community that really did like openly, criticize and find him distasteful for being a self-promoter but compared to what is like completely on the table now now, he was like nothing like so he was ahead of his time he was ahead of his time yeah yeah Yeah, a a lot of ways right yeah and some people just didn't like skinner as a person and i think that probably well yeah that's what you're driving at a little bit you know is that he, he he ruffled feathers you know whether he was what was his famous quote about he wants to he wants to flash all his enemies' projects, have them fail on his roots, and be the object of like sexual desire to their women. <laughs> yeah, was that was his Conan famous thing. quote. Yeah, the Conan, yeah, the thing. Conan thing. Exactly. Conan, what is great in life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do you beat your enemies? Yeah, see them driven before you and hear the lamentation of the women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's this like spark of it still, mm-hmm. and 
And it, but again, it, it, I guess it's sort of just built on whether we sort of admire that person or not. Yeah. And also sure. like how far it goes. Yeah. You can still like, what was it? What's the word you were, you talked about? Um, thing. What was it? Like, chuggy. Chuggy. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it gets chuggy. It gets like, yeah. you're like, okay, hold on a second. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, um, I, I think that this is going to come. Actually, I think this whole thing is this question is going to be on our taps episode next year because, or maybe in a few years, but <laughs> it just seems like the, um, the influencer economy is crashing and people are not going to get paid to like hawk CBD on Instagram anymore. Cause nobody will care. It just seems like it's all kind of, I think it was always like a kind of fantasy. Well, people were making some real ass money. Well, yeah, shit, but, but I mean, like, like the companies that were paying that real ass money are, are taking a step back and going like, right. what did we ever actually get out of this? It was and like, a, it was like a psychosis that like rolled. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, it's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, podcasting too was like a, a hip ass thing. And, and if you look at like the money that podcasts were making and you take Joe Rogan out of the fucking picture, yeah. which would not be the end of the world, but like it's gone up and then sort of like there was this thrill about it and then it's sort of come back down mm-hmm. again with the promise versus what the actual like feedback was mm-hmm. and um i imagine right now spotify's having a little bit of a talk about how much they gave <laughs> that yeah. guy too but um but yeah so i mean it, i don't know I, it's just kind of this again it's just like one of those trends that i think we can we can like just say goodbye to I don't think you can. I don't. I mean, I feel like you can't quite overdo it. No. I yeah. I, anymore. I I'll, I'll. You could sell out, but nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna blink it. I, I mean, you don't I think, think that some climber could make a video on Instagram that was so over the top, like promoting a brand that you just would like never respect that person again. Well, I'm not talking about me, but let's talk about just like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that happens to me all the time. But you, I but, mean, I mean like someone, do they lose followers? Do they lose influence in the sport? Does it, does it like get them any sort of like bad points at all? I don't yeah, think I don't it's know. possible. I mean, like you could take like someone who's like an unimpeachable person, and you could do the thought experiment. Like imagine Adam Andra coming out, announcing a partnership with just like some terrible brand. Yeah, you know. And like who Nabisco or like Nestle's or something? I don't know. Or like Monsanto. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was all just like glyphosate? You know, yeah, that's I how I think, climb hard. I just think <laughs> like, like people spritzing his core with Roundup before every pitch. Exactly. <laughs> would people would people like stop caring I, about I Andre and like would. Would he, that's know, my man. point. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, I mean that's he, you know. he's like taking their money and running, you <laughs> yeah. know, like he's laughing. All the way to the bank. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. those are all the excuses, right? Yeah. But but he's an established rock climber that that's done it a lot, so he kind of gets a pass. I recently posted a a, a very well liked comment about uh, essentially about Sharma being sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Would that be one as well? Depends he's just on like, what country. He's just like gets lowered off Dura Dura and just like digs into a big bucket of fucking of I think KFC. If it, I think if it was in China, it would go over well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think we could pronounce that one's dying. The idea yeah. of selling out is no longer an issue. Yeah, yeah. you cannot be a sellout. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a bonus. It's actually a feature to be a sellout. It's debatable, but I think it's definitely dying. It's That's definitely being a bad there. thing. All right, so here's another one that that I sort of came up with. Um, I think I don't know. This all gets mixed up, but um, 
Well, I'll I'll say this when I talk when I talk to climbers who started climbing, you know, over twenty years ago. A lot of times they say verbatim that they were attracted to climbing because it was a counterculture. Right. Uh, they could be who they wanted group. to be. They could be yeah. who they wanted to be. They liked sort of the weirdos, and 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 we've yep. lamented the loss of weirdos before. But yeah, we have this this like sacred notion. I think it was codified a lot in in uh, Valley Uprising. That was such a popular film years ago. This idea that we're all these counterculture, you know, stick it to the man, misfits, misfits, beatniks, and yet, and yet, like of the last few years, I just feel as though like we're we're these terrible rule following scolds if we don't fall in you know with with land managers and with the rules and with how you're supposed to climb and what you're supposed to climb and when you're supposed to climb it we just get on each other's fucking cases about the rules and about following Mm -hmm. the rules and this idea that well if one person fucks it up then they're they're gonna take it away from all of us you know like if you're camping in the wrong spot then they'll close all the and it'll be your fault and you know yeah and I mean, I just, it, it bums me out like that. We can't be still be like rebels and civil, civilly disobedient at times without like the rest of climbing, like coming down on us, like a ton of bricks. And the one that like sticks out in my mind is, is the, uh, at least in Indian Creek for me, that kind of got on my nerves the last couple of years is the wet rock people. Mm-hmm. The, this, this idea that if you, you know, if it rains for like four minutes and you decide to go climbing when the sun comes out and like before 48 hours goes by, you, you, you basically are like, yeah, if your approach trail is wet, yeah, you might as well go, go fine. Like you might as well just fucking like take a jackhammer to that yeah. cliff and, yeah. you know, shit on it. And then like right. walk down and like give a BLM ranger the finger and get in your car. It's like, it's just like, why can't we just use our judgment about whether or not something is dangerous and not okay? Mm, because climbers typically have very poor judgment. I don't know, but that's I don't I disagree with you on that. And and the and the reason like the Indian Creek wet rock thing blows my mind is that it's become this issue du jour. It's just sacred. You cannot climb, and it's like, well, because why? Well, because it destroys the rock. I'm like, can you tell me an actual crack? slash incident <laughs> yeah. that you know of, and you can show show me that where it, well. You know, it, the, all the cams will pull out and you'll hit the ground. I'm like, it's, that's not that never happened. It's never happened anyway. It rained. There's plenty of shit in Indian Creek that can be climbed that never gets wet. We know where it is. Even the person scolding you actually knows where it is. And they'll, go, they'll scold you and go climbing because uh-huh. they know where the crack is that stays dry. Right. But just this idea that we're no longer like we're just these like. We have to follow all these rules. Drives me nuts. I mean, but isn't that like sort of part and parcel of like the fact that climbing's so big now that it can't really be a free for all? I mean, you have to admit that like Indian Creek can't be a free for all. Uh, why not? Uh, I, <laughs> no, seriously, why not? Why not what? Why, why can't, can't it be, be a free for all? Why can't you camp and shit wherever you want? Yeah, but no, no, that's th- those are two separate things. No, you cannot do that, but that's also not really happening there. And so the fact is, is that people camp and mostly in the campgrounds. Uh-huh. And do you know what I mean? Like we're make, we're, we're like, 
scolding everybody and making these sort of like grand pronounces of what could possibly maybe happen. Like the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario. Well, you can't. Yeah, it's because lawyer, lawyers got involved, you know? Well, that's, they, that's what I go back with. to, though, is that <laughs> like, oh, you'll go, you're going to go and ruin that crack. And I'm like, who, who are we talking about? Like, no one is going. If it fucking deluges and you go up and, you, and the rock is wet and you touch it, nobody is doing that. Yeah, no I mean, one's how climbing far, on that. How far you're just, you, you're yeah. just thinking that some numbskull from Nebraska is going to go up there and do it, but it's not actually happening. And so yeah. it's like this thing, it's like this solution for a problem that, as far as we know, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And well, it's Indian like Creek also is, stupid. Like you can't like break a crack. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, yeah. the crack yeah, is like, the crack the is defined by it. the absence of rock. Right. Yeah. So you can't like, destroy that but you can like fuck up a boulder problem and red rocks or something totally. like that snap or cramp yeah yeah that stuff yeah. is like a legit concern but it's but all- that's the thing is what's the problem that got broken in in red rocks there was like Which a famous one? problem that oh man i mean jabberwocky broke right, right. wasn't that one of them I and mean, that was from wet rock or did it just break I mean, that's the thing, man. If like that's your rock can't, if your rock can't hold up to a little bit of water, right. it's fucking choss anyway. But and the, it's gonna break but, whether it's dude, it's gonna break at some point. There was some <laughs> boulder, and if we yeah. could do like analytics on this, there uh-huh. was some V nine boulder problem or something. Yeah, that got broke. Yeah, that was like an actual incident that I think could be pointed to as well, like it was wet. And but it like, broke. there's also things. But that broke. like sprung the whole thing. Uh huh. The yeah, whole no, like sandstone is fucked and don't touch it. Right. Well. And, okay, but I want to. I want to. This has gone off the rails, but I want to address <laughs> what you said. Is yes, you can damage wet rock, wet sandstone, even the crack, like the outside of it. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm I'm getting at is it's not. You can't necessarily point to these incidences where it's happened because that it's like hard so, to explain what I'm trying to talk about. I think about, let me like, let me take a stab at okay, what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Um just to like spare you from floundering and drowning in words right now. <laughs> I am. Yeah. He so be drowning in that seven year. I think what you're trying to say is like that there's a there's there is this like f- basis for the rule, like don't right. climb on wet mm-hmm. rock. But it gets taken too far by this scoldy climber mentality mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. telling, wanting to tell everyone what so, to do. And I think that that just to speak to that mentality for one second, I think this kind of touches on the subject that we've talked about before, which is this idea that everything's going to just like turn to shit in mm-hmm. climbing, you know, like the hordes are coming, the masses are coming. Like we have to be careful. There's going to be accidents everywhere. There's going to be access, access issues everywhere. Yeah. Things are going to get closed down. Land managers are looking at you. What are you doing? And you hear this messaging across media all the time. And of course that like deranges people into becoming these like little scolds who have feel that they're, you know, the warriors out there doing the good fight of telling people what they can and can't do. And, yeah, I agree with you that that mentality is an- antithetical to like some of the best parts of our climbing culture historically, like the ability to just think for yourself and be like a free spirited person. And I don't think that that's at odds with like just very sane, rational procedures that you can follow in the climbing world. Like if it just dumped for three days, don't climb on soft sandstone. You know, right? Okay, well, yeah, but you know, it's the sun's been out for two days, and 
you know what? Everything's dry. The trail's dry. There's no mud on the ground. The rock looks fine. Then I think you should be able to yeah. go climb without being harangued by some of these folks who feel empowered to to be these like people who mm-hmm. these police, you know, well, out on so our crags. To to bring a little history to it, it's interesting that you're sort of talking about climbing as being this like you know fringe thing for so long and sort of like people doing what they want. But the reality is that came out of a different movement. And that kind of came out of <laughs> the precursor to that was in the fifties when a lot of people going climbing, were going climbing with college groups, mountain clubs and what have you. And so like, yeah, in, um, you know, the East coast, I know there's only like the red, but there's like a couple other places, <laughs> um, maybe you've heard of, but, uh, so, you know, in the fifties, <laughs> there was a group called the Appalachian mountain club that tried to really tightly regulate the climbing of the gunks and their biggest concern. And maybe this is sort of the concern of, the people that you're referring to now, they were so concerned that the the people that owned the gunks, the mountain house, would just shut it down if there was an accident. Um, because, you know, in the 50s, there, there finally was a leader death, you know. And so they said, well, you know, if this keeps happening, they're going to shut it down. We won't be able to climb. So they instituted a whole regulatory rules and you had to you could like only certified leaders could climb and do these leads and when you showed up on the weekend here's your assignment you know you're taking these two climbers out and you're only allowed to lead up to five six so you're going to go do these and so on and so forth and then the sort of pushback to that because people said well wait a minute like this is public well i mean it was privately owned but this was like a you know a park if you will like i want to be able to climb what i want to climb and so there was this warring faction that pushed back and said, no, we want to climb what we want to climb. We, like, screw your rules. And that is sort of what sort of pushed this whole idea of it being a fringe sport. Like, I don't think it was always like that. I think there was always like, a little bit of an undercurrent of it being a fight against just these, like, goody two-shoes trying to, mm-hmm. you know, make, make people climb the way they wanted. They felt climbing should be. It's really interesting to hear you talk about that. Because you're talking about like the Vulgarians came yeah. out of that. And right? the yeah. Vulgarians will tell you like there'd be no Vulgarians if there weren't for the Appalachian Mountain Club. Right. right. And the Appalachian Mountain Club had this like leader certified thing and they would call people off. Like somebody be up on a right. lead and they'd be like, hey, you know, like you're not supposed to be on that five, six. You're only a level two. You should be on like, you know, this five, four over here. Come down right once. And they'd be like, you know, go fuck yourself. I'm going to the top. And that, like, and it just wound up, they sort of dissipated. Um, the, the Appalachian Mountain Club sort of, like, went away because the Vulgarians became the leading climbers at the time. And so I think, like, what I would say to you is, like, just give it a little bit of time. It's going to be fine at Indian Creek. You well, know? no, like, I know. It's these squeaky, These squeaky people are going to, like, go away, you know? And you can climb all the wet cracks you want to climb. Well, it's going to be fine. Yeah, but see, that's just the thing is you're characterizing it the way it's going to get characterized <laughs> is that I want to just go fucking climb wet cracks. Yeah. I don't. I know, I know, I know. I had a moment this year where, you know, I got a little, like, I had my pack on and I was leaving and I got a little, like, kind of lighthearted talking to because you know the access phone was down there and uh-huh. like about the wet rock and the, and the guy said well you know just use your judgment and that's what and i said yeah i always no do. shit that's what i always do and that's just that's where i was like look you put it out there you say look climbing a wet rock can can damage the rock yeah. it can can possibly make your equipment less you know stable and safe and things can pull out there so be careful that to me is the fucking end of it. 
It's not beeping your horn on the road and screaming at people because it <laughs> rained two days ago. We, it was like it rained on Friday, and on Tuesday, we got to the parking lot, and we were walking out the trail, and we saw this woman. Like It was early. Like uh-huh. We were the second people there. She's running down the trail. She comes down, and she's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know like I found some like wet like ground <laughs> right she was searching for that wet ground like yeah. because there's this idea that if the ground is wet then there's That's fucking right. you can't here. fucking That's climb right. on that shit yeah because later in the day i was like looking around and just like and i lifted up some rocks and sure enough like it was damp I found some yeah and yeah. and that's when i was like oh god we've reached this like psychosis about this shit yeah and so that's my like and, well, and everything is this like roll back to this idea that there's just so many gumbies attacking the crag we can't because that's the other thing is that, like, you know, I see posts on it online, you know, like, it rained today in Indian Creek. And I know those people. And I know that they actually probably went down there and climbed because they know where they can go to find relatively dry rock, shit that doesn't get rain on it because it's got roofs over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're all capable of doing that. And And I was thinking about how, like, We've got the petroglyph guy that we took on 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 the run out, the dude who bolted the petroglyphs. Oh, nice. And and I our point was like there's no amount of fucking information that could have gotten through that guy to stop him from doing that. Like he was a like a fucking fortress against information. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he climbed, yeah. he supposedly like they climbed for a long time in Colorado Springs where there's literally climbing areas that are closed because yeah. of 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 uh, petroglyphs. Yeah, petro- <laughs> petroglyphs are at least, you know, like Native American, you yeah. know, sacred Native American sites. So it's like, you know, <laughs> and that's my thing. It's like, yes, there's a possibility that some numbskull is going to go and climb some wet rock, but the, the, the antidote to that is not screeching at me, who I know, I mean, it's like Anunnaki is a classic climb. You go find the climb that in a fucking downpour. It's dry as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I can go climb that. You do not need to leave a note on my car because I was there. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, uh, you're not wrong. I'm just saying that, like, I think you just give it a couple of years. That shit will just wear off. But I mean, back to my original point. Do yeah. you think we like we're on each other's. I mean, the COVID thing was another one, right? Oh, you're talking about the shaming. Yeah. The shaming. Yeah. But that went away too. Because once people got more information, and I think this is the thing. No, they just find new things to shame people for. Well, but like at the time when COVID was shaming, it was also like nobody knew whether if I put my, if I have COVID and I put my hand on a hold, if that COVID lives there for three days or not. Now we have a little bit more information. We know that that's ridiculous. And so there's less reason to shame. And to your point about Indian Creek, I think it's pretty clear that, yes, there's certain cracks that are going to stay dry. There's certain... You know, breaking a crack is also quite hard. And so once those sort of facts come to light, maybe people chill out a little bit. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. I mean, I'm going to get, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm very much like against the grain yeah. on this one. You know, I don't think so. Because people are going to be like, look at a incredible hand crack. It's, all, it's like it had nothing to do with the fucking rain. It has to do with you doing 10 laps every uh, other day yeah, on that I thing. I would say you that know, like, if you want to be if you want to be worked out about something like yeah. how about people sitting on cams? That's got to be way more damaging to cracks. Than, you can't sit on a cam in the no. creek. And don't fall on them either. No, no. Cuz that'll fuck the crack up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No aid climbing, you know? No. Well, that's true. Right. 
Yeah, anyhow. Yeah. All right. Well, I just I think I used that one to bring my own hobby horse to the table. Yeah, okay. I think that that one's I just I mean, I, I'm a I, th- I think that that attitude that you're identifying is um is on or is like well and alive and it will be. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Yeah, that's anywhere. not dying. But I think that the 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 um the encouragement to like be that kind of like independent thinker and like person in the climbing world is be is definitely on life support if not dying. Right. Yeah, and the the idea like being able to speak up in support of an independent thinker is also dying. You know, like it's like get with the mob or Well, we're I mean, this show is part of it, right? We're doing Taps it right is now. cancel culture. Oh yeah, we are we're at the <laughs> forefront. We're the spearhead. Yeah. We're canceling yeah, everything. We're canceling everything. Right. Well, you know, it's it's you know, it's like when we we talked about the um the permit system in El Cap. Mm-hmm. And I was adamant like Blow that shit off. Do not fucking go get a, a permit. permit. Just go climb. Go yeah. get out of your car, walk up to the nose, and start climbing it. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that. And t- I mean, whatever. So do you think Kurt Smith should have used power drills on the mirror wall? Absolutely. Yeah? They make better holes, longer <laughs> better lasting. I mean, all that shit's been replaced now anyway. Yeah, totally. No. <laughs> yeah, to- I totally. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I, I mean, mean, dude, one, take, one guy... Take your, Take your lumps when you when you get right, caught, right? Which he did. Well, but but interestingly enough, I mean, he got like pretty much, you know, ostracized by the climbing community. I agree. Yeah. Again, we they were he was sold. Cancel culture is nothing new. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's totally true. But I'm not really even talking about that. I don't know. I'm I'm like I just want us to be like like more. Like willing to. Well, I think what you want is you want more nuance and you want less black and white. Right. And well, with the with the wet crack thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just well, like, it has become this like instead of having being a badge of honor to be like a you know a renegade or a, you know, yeah something it's more like something that you feel like you can't talk about or right. makes you a bad person. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna put my caveat in is that like I support the access fund. I fucking. Every year, sure. Give them my money, get my T-shirt. I'm all about You're wearing it. Like, your T-shirt. Right I'm wearing now. my T-shirt right now. You can't see it, but here it is. But that was part of like that's been like a, a noted part of their recent like campaign. It's like climbing is fucking over if you don't fucking get in line mm-hmm. and also give us some money. Like yeah. they, I, th- I think they got enough backlash. Like they mellowed it out. But like in early December, it was just like these social media messages were. Climbing is at risk if we don't landscape this like <laughs> crag in the New River Gorge immediately. Yeah. Like you're all done. Like you know, it was like this total alarmist like craziness in their ads. Yeah, you guys, yeah, we totally. talked about yeah. this yeah. personally, and I was like, it's the same thing. Of yeah. like, if you're caught camping out of bounds. It's over. <laughs> like they're gonna shut it down. Yep. You know, like if you climb a wet crack, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like you are personally going to be responsible for the end of climbing in Indian Creek if I catch you on that fucking wet rock. <laughs> it's that kind of like hyperbole that I'm just like, you guys, it's not over if somebody fucking camps where they're not supposed to camp. Yeah, but I think you also have to have clear messaging. All right. Because if you don't... Well, how is that clear messaging? Because it's completely ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous messaging is still clear. <laughs> I still understand what they're saying to me. <laughs> if I poop in the parking lot, it's, it's over. over. <laughs> That's clear. 
I could get that. I understand. <laughs> I think but that's like, it, right? Most climbers, though, like don't you know? You, I think a lot of people are looking for clear messaging. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I, I heard people back east who were like, yeah, you know, the coalition said we weren't allowed to climb, and I was like, what are you talking about? The coalition never shut down climbing. They just said follow the state guidelines. Yeah, well, I took that to mean that climbing was shut down. I was like, well, okay. Right. The crags were nice and empty without you, right. you know? So I, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I do think that climbing is so big that, yeah, it's ludicrous, and maybe the messaging needs work, but I, we do need clear messaging. Right. And, you know, you can't say – it's hard to say, like, well, don't climb wet sands. Like, you can say, don't climb wet rock. Well, what about granite? Okay, you can climb wet granite. So don't climb wet sandstone. All right. You know, and so then you got to get so nuanced as to say, like, don't climb wet sandstone crimps. I don't know. They're drawing the line at wet sandstone. I think I agree with you. They should say, you can climb wet sandstone cracks. Just don't climb wet sandstone crimps. Yeah, but I'm not saying, <laughs> see, you're, again, you're, I'm not what? saying you can oh. climb wet sandstone cracks. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you go and you can go climbing. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. See. Andy, Andy does need. I guess your point. I guess your point is that. Yeah. Is that I'm trying to be? I'm trying to actually trust people and not be fucking morons. Right. And every and every other like Tom, Dick, all of our Harry. rules are about the moron. Yeah. But that brings me back to petroglyph guy. Yeah. Because there's again like there's, <laughs> there's nothing, no amount of information right. for a moron. Right. Yeah. And so it's like you know. <laughs> Petroglyph guy, <laughs> and it, I don't know. I've just I, I, I've been I at the you. cliff, and I these like Japanese guys were like, "Oh, dude, it's okay to climb." And I'm like, "Is the crack wet?" And he's like, "That doesn't feel wet." And I'm like, "Okay, then it's it. yeah. not wet." Yeah, because that's. Ugh. But that's anyway. the thing. That's a different. That's a different. But thing. it is wet on a molecular level. You know, uh, like yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah come to fucking. You know, they're yeah. like, dude. You ever climb in the east? Yeah. No. I know you haven't. Well, because it's wet all the time. It's wet all the time. <laughs> I realize that. All right. Anyway, uh, moving on. I'm so fucked. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like the, 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 yeah, when is, climbing when, stewards in any creek are just going to have like pictures yeah. of my vehicle on there. Like, if you yep. see this car, like, let all the air out of the tires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't let that guy go climbing. So um, when are you going to do a taps episode for the taps episode? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the Enorma cast. That'll be the last taps episode where we just announce it's dead. Um, and it's done. <laughs> so I did, I have, I have as one of my things that's dying on my list here is like climbing comma, According to the access fund. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's, uh, if we don't manscape the base of the bridge crag in the New River Gorge, we're done. <laughs> if yeah. one more root gets exposed, <laughs> it's over. Um, that was a picture. It wasn't it some New River Gorge crag? Yeah, so they had pictures of Somersville Lake with like 80 people in hammocks and stuff yeah. like that. They but, must yeah, have well, photoshopped that. What? They must have photoshopped that. Well, the other the other irony of that whole picture is that it is right next to an artificial lake that is filled by a dam by right. the Army Corps of Engineers. So, but that's not our problem. That's not our yeah. problem. Yeah, the hammock's got to go. Though we've been down that road, haven't we? <laughs> is that I don't know? We canceled. Is that on your Are list? we into canceling? No, but the hammock's fucking. That's got to go. die. Yeah, that's, that's got to go. You guys, yeah. if any list, uh, seriously, 
I've, I've, the only, it's funny because I've noted how there's no hammocks in, in rifle because there's basically like, there's not enough trees, I don't think, mm-hmm. that are big enough. But I've never actually seen a hammock set up in rifle. Have you? I have, yeah. You have? Yeah, but like, it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. The hammock thing, like. No, it's got to go. Hammocks aren't even that comfortable. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> No more hammocks, people. Yeah, not the crack. Bring your climbing gear and go climbing, and then go home. Yeah, like bring you leave your hammock at home. Yeah, leave Just your radio, chill. and if you need a nap, bring your crash pad. Yeah, leave your Bluetooth speaker and your hammock at home. Yeah, that's another one. Only sleep on crash pads. We've, we've already <laughs> been down the Bluetooth thing. Like fuck that. All right, where are we here? That was that was. We're well into this whole thing. Um. <laughs> all right i have another one <laughs> this is uh something that i i kind of had this very stark uh moment of realization and it's been coming and i i've sort of been talking about it a little bit but i think for the long time in our climbing careers a lot of times you delin people delineated themselves into groups of trad climbers i'm a sport climber i'm a boulderer right and it's particularly between, I mean, traditionally between track climbers and sport climbers, there's been the loggerheads. There's been like the sport climbing is neither people and yeah. like, you know, the anti-bolt people forever, right? And I'm never going to do that. And I'm a ground up guy. And like, there's all these like ethical stances that make those like oil and water. Um, the bouldering thing is a little bit more mixed in there. But I think that more and more, and this is, I think, for the good is that there's less and less people out there who are like in a camp and only stay in that camp. And the reason I bring this up is because I've been waiting for um I've been waiting for not only that movement but also the 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 gym rats, the true kids who grew up in a gym. Mm-hmm to descend upon outdoor climbing. What's well, happening a little bit. And that's happened because we feel like gyms have been here forever, but they've, they've only, they're really by and large, like a decade old or, or a little bit older mm-hmm. where they've been a proliferation where a kid can like be five and start climbing in a gym. And then now he's in his twenties or she's in her twenties mm-hmm. and is out there crushing things and it's fucking happening. And the other thing that I've noticed that's happening is that people who are all around climbers, particularly who got strong sport climbing are moving into the trad world and crushing. And there was a moment this summer, and I'm sure a lot of people saw it, where there was a whole group of people who went out to uh, back to Indian Creek again and climbed a route that I put up. I didn't actually free the first ascent, but um, put the anchors on it. This thing called Learning to Fly, that's 513. And there was like a day where it, like seven people fucking flashed it. And some were like well-noted, you know, semi or completely professional climbers, but some people were just people. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, I commented with, I was like having a discussion. I commented that like it, it's what it is, is that these people are sport climbers and they've spent their whole lives either in the gym or sport climbing. And now they've gone and figured out crack climbing and it's fucking piss easy for them. Mm -hmm. And we've had this like sacred cow that somehow those sport climbers were going to come. It's like the euros were going to come and like, they couldn't climb the cracks you know, and, and yeah. we, you know, you could like kind of snicker about how this sporto was like trying to lay it back and everything else, but it's over. Like 
they've arrived and cracks are just as easy for them as everything else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It, yeah it, I mean, it, it would seem that if, if you were to take two paths and spend 30 years sport climbing or 30 years trad climbing and then try to cross over to the other, the obviously easier path would be to do the sport climbing one and then go trad climbing. Sure. You know? Yeah. And as far as like, you know, the, the category thing, I think a lot of that has to do with, or well, maybe not a lot, but once we saw like the sort of tactics that happened with big wall free climbing, Mm -hmm. I think that's where people start going like, well, that's not really sport. It's not like really trad climbing or like what I perceive trad climbing to be because like they're clipping bolts on that crux pitch. And it's sort of like it sort of like breaks down the idea of there being categories in the first place. Right. And then you start having, you know, quote unquote trad routes that have like a bolt at the crux. And then it starts like, well, is it a mixed route? Like, I don't know. You put a lot of gear in. And I think that over time that sort of breaks down the idea of categories, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I'm only a sport climber. I'm only a trad climber. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to weigh in on this because it's just like so diverse. I mean, like there's so many climbers now who there's some who are just so specialized. Like we, on the run out, we interviewed, um, Favia. Right. Um, we interviewed Favia Dubik on the run out and she is a self-proclaimed low ball boulder, low ball, roof roof climbing boulder, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, and without like any exaggeration, like that's what she wants to go do. Yeah. And, and then there's, yeah, then there's the people that you're describing who are like, oh, you know, we dabble in everything. Mm-hmm. We're really high-end sport climbers. Or at least, I guess you can even call them high-end now. It would just mm-hmm. be like 513 sport climbers. And, you know, we can piss all on 513 cracks too because, you know, it's the same thing. So I don't know. It's like, it's hard to like pronounce it one way or another, but mm-hmm. there's just so many people and they're just interested in like very different things. But of course, there's just more people who are doing it all and doing it at a really high level. Yeah. And I also think there's so somewhere along the line, the, the idea of like it not be, it being like not cool to be a sport climber, it being like really cool to be a trad climber, like that broke down somewhere. And I don't know where, but you know, it is interesting to see like people like John Sherman, who, I mean, he, he wrote articles like saying that sport climbing was going to be the death of rock climbing and all these sort of things. And like, he's clipping bolts in the red, you know, he's like hang dogging with the rest of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because he was an anti all that stuff, all yeah. that stuff, right? And like a and, prothes, uh, proselytizer, right? Yeah. You know, it might be partly geography. Like, it, you know, you, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's partly geography where you live in an area and you like, you know, you work through what you work through, and then you're like, well, there is this awesome sport crag over there. Like, maybe, well, maybe I'll just go check it out. I know? think it's sort of two things. Personally, is that a like the notion of what trad climbing was and now is has like completely broken down which has been a topic well, it's of also tra- it's also traded uh definitions from sport climbing yeah you know people used to actually ping point or red point a right. sport climb and then now nobody breaks that down but but that but that somehow applies to trad climbing whereas before in the you know in the 80s trad climbing you know you could have slings hanging you could have gear whatever yo-yo was in vogue you know, and and now most people wouldn't consider it a true trad ascent is if you didn't place the gear on, right. on the go. But yeah, I mean the the thing is is that also traditionally, you know, uh, pun intended, it was like ground up was part of it too. Yeah, and I think it's just broken down to like simply placing gear is now trad climbing, right? Versus you know like any other part of it is irrelevant, and so. 
I mean, I think one of the reasons that all these people showed up in the creek, and some of them, you know, not necessarily that experienced crack climbers could do this thing, is because it's like creek climbing is sport climbing. Mm -hmm. It's just with sport. Gear. It's sport climbing on gear, right? Yeah. And so it's like I just think too that all the 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 lines of just how we define the things have gotten so mixed up. Yeah. Because the idea of like red pointing a trad climb, you know, in the seventies that didn't exist. You didn't, you didn't Nobody try them over and over again and right. fall off and like hang there. I mean, but do you think it's a good thing or not? I'm, oh, I think it's a totally great thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm totally into it. Yeah. Me too. I'm totally into it because the other thing that's weird is that we, I, I've actually always had this notion and I think reality played it out that, for some reason, like hard trad climbs, at least grade for grade, seemed harder than hard sport climbs. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is that if you went to, if you go to a sport climbing cliff on any given day, like someone on siding a 13B and 8A is not like interesting. It's just what happens. Like someone on sided that thing or, or, did it second try or whatever. That's just like a standard afternoon. Yeah. But I think it's still somewhat noteworthy in the, in the trad world of like going someplace and climbing a traditional hard, like five thirteen D trad climb or something like that. Even red pointing it. But that's because those routes are so much more rare. Well, they're rare, but also I think that the, the path towards them yeah. was, was too, specialized yeah you know the, the the person climbing that 13 trad climb had gotten there via trad climbing right right oh, i see what you're saying and yeah. i think that we're about to have in this that day in indian creek sort of like made me think of this is where yeah. on siding or sending a 13 trad climb is going to be just as routine routine as yeah. as so the grades are going to start to make sense because i've i'm a guy who who's I'm a sort of a rare person who's always sport climbed about the same as I've trad climbed. Same. Yeah. And people have always like kind of been like, well, that's, you know, these 13 and I'm like, no, they're not any harder. They're just, they just, right. You know, like you said, they're rare or you have to go seek them out or whatever, but 513 is 513. Yeah. You know, and I've always felt to my, for me, like sport climbing has always been harder. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the other side of the fence of like, I can't even imagine climbing that hard on sport climbing, but I could imagine it on trad climbing mm -hmm. because of where I'd come from. But I think it's just going to get like flattened out. I think, well, no, because I don't, you think, don't think that, so? no, because I don't think that trad climbs in that grade are, are as, as it's so much easier to be a 514 sport climber in this country than to like be just a, logistically. Yeah. than to be a 514 trad climber. Right. Like how many 514 trad climbs are there in this country? However many there are, there's more 514 sport climbs and rifle, Right. Just like with the big walls, right? Mm -hmm. More and more, those 514 sport climbers who would, you know, it's almost like beneath them to go to some trad area. And, you know, I mean, literally, like you can, you would have those conversations like, oh, those fucking, you know, jerk offs in their car hearts at, you know, trad climbing or whatever. I mean, both tracks were like had their own bad attitudes towards the other track. And my point is, is that they'll, there's going to be way more crossover. And when that happens and, you know, so-and-so who like routinely crushes 513 and rifle decides he's going to go somewhere and try a 513 trad route, he or she's going to crush it just like they, 
after they get a few like techniques down, just like when yeah. the Euros decided they were going to do it. Yeah. You know, just like when the Hubers decided they were going to do it. Totally. They had all cr- climbed super hard and then they came to Yosemite and they said, why, why wouldn't we climb that hard here? Yeah. And they did. They yeah. went ahead and fucking climbed just as hard, you know? I think that's going to happen wholesale. I, I, and like, I think it is going to break these crystal palaces that trad climbers have is the sad thing. <laughs> I, well, I think I, I personally think it's already happening. Right. You have like, like Sonny Trotter probably would come to mind as like, you know, he took a sport climb and trad climbed it really right. and then took the bolts out uh, kind of controversially. But like at the end of the day, there was like this super sick test piece up in Lake Louise, Canada that's become something of like a, of a, you know, stepping stone for people. And I don't know. I, I, yeah, but, but he's elite. It's always happened among the elite. I'm saying it's going to happen wholesale. Uh It's just going to be just as like, like I said, just as common as like, you don't think there's people that are just like terrified of trad climbing. Yeah. But it's going to come less and less. Yeah. I'm saying it's dying. I'm not saying it's dead. You know, 10 years ago or even seven, five, seven, eight years ago, it was unusual to see people on the hard 513 routes in the creek. Uh, yeah. And now they're just getting destroyed, and they're getting destroyed via people who came up through track climbing. But I think the, the difference is, is they're gonna, it's, it's going to be these people who just have sauntered in from you know, climbing 514 at a yes, sport crag. I agree. And are like, oh, what is this whole thing? And being like, what are you guys complaining about? This is not hard. You know, our sacred, it's going to be like our, you know, our, our sacred roots are going to not be hard in within, within trad climbing. They're already not hard. I know. <laughs> my point. Right? Yeah. yeah. In my experience, the hardest thing about 514 trad climbing is that it just always rains like the day before I want to go do one. Yeah. And so I just can't, I just, <laughs> I just haven't gotten on it yet, but you're down there and you're watching your windshield and one, it's yeah. it's one drop hits thing. your yeah. windshield. You're like, well, ah, keep back to the gym. Yeah. Well, the, but the other thing is that it's going to make the, it's going to make the sport or the off with climbers even more smarmy about their sport. Because I think that's still going to be a barrier. That's, that's going to be the next like glass mansion. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're just going to get more insufferable yeah. about how hard their shit is. We've right. talked about this before, yeah. but off with grades are bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Not going to get an argument from me. <laughs> so right. wait, wait, hold on. What are we? What are we leaving that as? I don't know. What's dying? The, C- categorizing rock climbing just just being a sort of a one track one like, one hit pony yeah one trick pony. i think the crossover yeah. it's always happened I so mean, the other thing look the other thing is that it's just gonna not be like it's something that you turn like bat an eye at yeah 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 I and if someone's like oh i don't sport climb you're just gonna be like well you're yeah but the truth is the other problem is is that sport climbing is too much fun and and track climbers have always been like even the most died in the wolves the the john sherman's always eventually are like this is fucking really fun yeah and i don't have to get all fucking pant loader about my roots and yeah. i don't need to hump like <laughs> 40 pounds of shit to the crack that's what the second like, chalk bag is for yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like people are finally drawn to it <laughs> yeah and, well it's like and it's, it's been a dying of... thing for a long time yeah but i still meet the like the 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 I still meet the like I don't sport climb person, but those people are going to be. I bet you you're right. It's going to be the off withers. They're going to be the last to go. The last, yeah, yeah, because they'll still be like, you yeah, can't I don't climb sport my off climb. With. Yeah, 
And you're because you they don't sport climb or trad climb. Right. They, they just soft with. <laughs> they just squirm, which is top roping. <laughs> with a cam above you, generally speaking. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Come on. No, Get I on know, Instagram dude. and look. Like yeah. that big old cam's right up there, right by their head. No, they're top scooching roping. along. <laughs> yeah, and if not, they're putting a bolt in it. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Uh, <laughs> So do you, have we ever pronounced Everest dead? Only 20 times. Okay. <laughs> we can Let's do it move again. on. Yeah. It's over. It's okay. dead. It's dead. Yeah. Um, as like a, an actual like significant climbing Well, before we move, I think the idea was that we were going to talk about the K2 winter ascent that happened oh, yeah. last year. Totally. So that was the first winter ascent of K2 is the last of the 8,000 meter peaks to get a winter ascent. And I think what we could maybe just debate as having died is this idea that there's anything left on the 8,000 meter peaks that might be noteworthy other than doing like an actual first ascent. But like, if you have to like qualify reaching the summit by some season or yeah, anything like, else, like all of that just kind of feels like it's over. Yeah. I think it's dead. Like the last winter ascent or the, the first winter ascent of K2 big deal. It got done. It got done by a rad team of Nepalis. Mm-hmm. Uh, super cool, and I think that shit's over now. Yeah, I mean, and even linking up all 14 of them in a season right. has been done. That's so kind of the, you... I feel like it's inter- It's like the Cubs winning the World Series. Right. Because, like, forever and ever, like, that was this kind of, like, thing that brought solidarity with Cubs fans is this, like, you know, lonesome loser kind of thing. <laughs> and as great as it was, I think it broke that spell. And, and in a lot of ways, as great as what uh, Nims did and on both on K2 Winterson and on the 14ers thing, ironically, just, like, put the stake in it. Right. Like, it's done. Yeah. He's got like no you... way to sell out now. <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> He's, he's, he's doing all right, I think. <laughs> he just sabotaged his own career. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's funny because it's like by both achieving this out, outrageous thing, yeah, it also revealed how, like, in a lot of ways, it's it's been on life support for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's just nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. Like, yeah. What are you going to do? Else to do? Yeah, them it's all faster. Been he did him in what, like six months? It doesn't matter. So you do him in like. Yeah, but is it five and a half months? Three or? months? Yeah. You'll notice I'm doing the jerk off sign with my hands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the podcast jerk off sign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, and again, like, and that's the thing is like, he, he, I don't know. It's, it's like, I mean, he shattered it in both senses of the word. Yeah. He shattered the record, but then right. he shattered the mystique in a lot of ways, too, in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's over. Yeah. yeah it's done. over. Dead. Dead. Dead in the water. Okay. But if you do want to book a trip with our run out Everest expedition, 2023, <laughs> just, you, know, we're you can send tap us, the taps you Venmo us $60,000 $60, yeah. and sign the contract that says we can stop Oh yeah. Did you guys see time. that that guy, he yeah, got yeah, that's sued. A, yeah. That's what we're getting at. But he made, he, he won like the, the guy who sued him the didn't guy, have a case. No, the guy had won. Yeah. So yeah. that's our point. Yeah. Yeah. You we, email no, we've us. got this whole like shtick about um arranging an Everest expedition. I think we should do the next We're... taps episode there from Base Camp. <laughs> that would be awesome. Live from the Kumbu Icefall. We'd be like there's like a disco going on and the, we'd be like, keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in this freaking tent next door, yeah. there's like 
the full on like savage orgy happening. We could just, you know, be in a circle around a giant pile of human waste. Exactly. Yeah, like they burn camel poop. Yeah. Places will be like, throw another dirt on the fire. I'm freezing. It smells like curry. <laughs> Well, the whole the whole thing is that now that that guy lost his case, uh-huh. is that basically we can do this thing where we we sign up a bunch of people to our Everest expedition, get sixty grand from them, Venmoed, yeah, and then we basically like call off the expedition. There's a scary Serac because <laughs> yeah, there's a scary Serac we saw online. Yeah. We never leave the United States. We just take their money and fucking yeah. like eat it. Look, yeah. you signed the papers, man. We decided it was too dangerous. You know what happens on Everest? People die, right? Or you could just like blindfold them and take them to like Rainier and call it good. Call it good. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is the Kumbu Icefall. We just take them to Sasha DeJulian's driveway and let them (laughs) snowblow it. Hand them a shovel. She won't need that (laughs) snowblower. Eco tour of Everest. Okay. Excuse me, I got the got the Rona. Um there's something in here I want to say about uh about the Olympics. Okay. Um and I'm not sure where to put it, but I also want to note within in the this, ass the Olympics <laughs> conversation is that publication <laughs> the publication um did we mention we have a whiskey sponsor? <laughs> 77 whiskey. Ah, smooth. Brooklyn it's smooth. smooth. It's going down smooth. But within the Olympics conversation <laughs> is the, the fact that Jim Clymer um, folded this year, <laughs> um, which was a sub-magazine sort of of rock and ice, which was which was gobbled up in 2020. And we oh, actually, I thought you were talking about my pal Jim. No, <laughs> Jim Clymer, <laughs> the guy that, with the backpacks, yeah. um, with the giant, with the, like, the full flex 2000 or whatever <laughs> he's online. got the therapy that guy's name the... is jim climber isn't it <laughs> no steve climber that's steve climber never mind no we're talking about the 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 magazine the, the sort of free gym magazine and mm-hmm. it, you know we have friends that work there so r.i.p jim climber yeah was gobbled up rock and ice was gobbled up climbing magazine was gobbled up jim climber was gobbled up and then spit out um and it and, and it's funny because it went out with like it made this like one month attempt at like full on like clickbait bullshit on on Instagram. Mm. Um, like just speaking of like selling out or whatever, like embarrassing clickbait like articles that tried for a minute mm-hmm. to become that, which is sort of mainstream stream media's thing. But anyway, but the reason I think that applies to the Olympics is because the promise of the Olympics was that there was going to be this huge boom. In the very least, in like gym climbing, like everybody's fucking eggs were in that basket. Like yeah, I mean, USA Climbing's eggs have been in that basket for like the last 10 years. Right. But the point being is that like we had the Olympics finally. And uh, I think last year we talked about it's like premature death and how it was sort of the zombie that was like yeah. wobbling towards the finish line. <laughs> but if, if anything should have like benefited from something like, the Olympics, it should have been a magazine called Jim Climber, right? 
Yeah. So I guess we're talking. I'm asking about like, did the mm. promise of the Olympics die, mm. or is the Olympics like well, the pandemic? Not only it, the we're promise in a lull of, right now. Not only the promise of the Olympics, but also like the the flip of the coin of like everybody crying doom of the Olympics. You know, like it's going to be the death of climbing. You know, Why, because of the masses. Yeah, just all of right. that. I mean, both 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 the promise of the Olympics and the doom of the Olympics are are dead. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. I don't think anything happened. Yeah, it was pretty um, uninspired or just kind of like, it was just like a no big deal thing. And of course, that had a lot to do with COVID, like delaying the event and the fact that there was like no attendees at the Olympics yeah. because you couldn't go. And so yeah. it was just kind of lame. Isn't it just the bane of all Olympic sports is that we only give a shit about them? at all during oh, the Olympics. True. I mean, it didn't climbing just sort of fall into that same thing we've known about curling about biathlon. Well, even like snowboarding or like Sean white or something right. like you don't think about him all the time, unless you're a snowboarder. Well, but you also don't think about him in the Olympics. Like you think about Sean white, the snowboarder, but you're not like, yeah, like yeah, well, in the he's maybe a bad games. example. Cause he's, he's got, he's grown bigger, but right. he was, I mean, that's where he made his name. Like he, he, in the Olympics? He, became, he, he didn't have a target line before he was in the Olympics. So who won the the climbing Olympics? What do you mean, who won the climbing Olympics? Some God Spanish damn, guy. <laughs> but the, I mean, that's like kind of my point. Like, I know. The that's three funny. podcasters don't fucking know. What was his name? Uh, Ramon Julian. No. <laughs> <laughs> the question wasn't who on the Not what was crew. his name. What is his name? Because he's still, he's still alive. Yeah, it was some kid from Barcelona, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there he climbs at Charmers. That's, gym. Like, that's was, his claim to fame. Is he I was also proving gym. your point. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. Right, and and good think, for him. Right, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't think that 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 doesn't change the face of the sport. Who was the woman who won? It's probably Yanya, right? Yeah, Yanya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which was a foregone conclusion. Right. So there, there was that one too. Who came in second? She actually didn't even compete. They just mailed her the, the gold medal. <laughs> like, stay home. Yeah. <laughs> stay home. Take yeah. some CBDs. But I mean, the Olympics, have been, the Olympics have been, the, the, the talk or the hype of them have been going on for years. Well, it got prolonged because of, because of the No, delay. but I mean, like, they, they, I mean, you've been hearing murmurings of, of climbing being in the Olympics. Right. You know, not just the 2020 right. Olympics, but in the Olympics at all. Right. And that was like a whole thing. And that led to all these like, oh yeah, it's going to be the end of climbing. And uh. so, yeah, but I'm going to say this is Olympic fever is not dead. It is dormant because just like every other sport that's in the Olympics, that's not a, like mainstream sport. We'll start talking about it here in a couple of years. Really? Really? You, th- you think the curling alleys are just blowing up right now? <laughs> Youth curling teams are. You, like, you think like the trad like, curlers uh, a, are like going like to war with wait, sport your kids curlers? Kids on a wait list for the youth, yeah. youth curling team. Yeah, they're all trying to get in like Team ABC <laughs> down there on the front range. <laughs> so um, I think it was like five or six years ago at this point. But when climbing was announced in the as being an Olympic event, I wrote kind of a typically skeptical article on Evening Sense about why we shouldn't, you know. I actually don't even remember what my point was, but I would imagine it was something along the lines of like, (laughs) who cares? Yeah. And, um, but I did quote, um, this guy who's a professional skier named Cody Townsend. Yeah. Like his point was like in skiing, you know, there was all this hype. People put all this money into the Olympic promo. They took it out of like sponsoring athletes. There was like, 
all this like hopes and all their hopes and dreams are like held in this idea that having skiing or snowboarding in the Olympics would just be this like thing that right. would like save the industry. And it just didn't pay off. Like not, it was all just like fizzled out. And so I quoted him in the article and anyway, he like hit me up on Twitter, um, like a few weeks ago and he's like, Hey, so what's the, what's the verdict on that prediction <laughs> that we had like five years ago? Yeah. I mean, like the honest answer was, I didn't know what to say because uh, like I, I, I found this one article on Forbes that said that there was all these like new gym memberships that had, you know, kind of peaked after the Olympics and, mm-hmm. you know, the gir- the Google search trends for climbing were spiking or whatever. But climbing was just like on this like growth, you know, this like astronomical growth chart anyway, mm-hmm. independent of the Olympics. And so it's like a little bit hard to tease out. And then and then it was also the fact that the Olympics was such a bummer because of COVID. It got right, delayed a right. year. And so it was like really hard. It's really hard to like evaluate whether the Olympics was a big deal or not a big deal. And I still, you know, my skepticism leans toward the latter, but, um, but yeah, we have bad data, but we have bad data. There's no way to know. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I think that's the honest answer is like, who really knows? You know, they were inflating the balloon and then they had to deflate the balloon and then reinflate the balloon. Mm -hmm. And so, and let's be honest, Jim Climber is going out of business. Jim Climber's out though. Yeah. Yeah. That was out with or without the Olympics. Exactly. So, um, so RIP Jim Climber, um, I think the Olympic fever is, is like dormant, but it's, it's on surfaces all around you. And if you touch the wrong surface and then lick your fingers, it's, you're going to get <laughs> Olympic fever again. <laughs> I do think that there's like a, I don't, we're probably not as privy to it, but I do think that there is like an undercurrent of excitement for youth that they could possibly one day be in the Olympics. Right. And so you know, going on, getting onto your climbing team in your local gym, it may be a far off dream, but I think the idea of the Olympics is something that is now in kids' heads now. Right. Which, I don't know, that's kind of cool. And I think that there's also this problem, talking about data, is that there's a whole, again, an undercurrent, to use your word, a different undercurrent about how the Olympics are just fucked anyway. Mm-hmm. That's That's grown in the last few years, around the last few Olympics, about the corruption you know, and, and about like athlete treatment and what it means to be amateurs and, you know, and then you go to the gymnastics and all the abuse around the gymnastics teams and all those sorts of things. So I think our people, our age, including you, Andy's, we have this very like rosy picture of the Olympics from our youth. Yeah. And some I mean, of that's been a road team, you know, yeah. like 1992 dream right. team. And know? I go way back to the miracle on ice. Like right. I was a kid when the 1980s, that whole thing happened. I was like nine or whatever. Yeah. So I think that there's an erosion of the Olympic image that goes with that too. Of totally. Like a cynicism that's at least within, you know, millennials and maybe even Gen Z's that maybe doesn't apply to that kid who's like, I want to be an Olympian. But the rest of us are kind of like, this is kind of <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Do you, you know? really want to be an Olympian? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. our friend John Branch wrote about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucked it was. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. You know, like slave labor and shit that goes on right. with all this stuff, yeah. Yeah, and they're like boycotting the uh, Beijing Olympics, right, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's yeah. Just like, yeah. I think that the takeaway is like, if you're excited about the Olympics, then fuck you. Seriously, <laughs> fuck you. 
<laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah. God why, is dead, too. Why don't by you the way. go climb some wet cracks? <laughs> Literally, fuck you. If you like the Olympics, yeah. fuck you. You know our prediction about the, 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 the massive orgies that happen after Olympic events? Remember we talked about that? Is it a prediction or a memory? No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like this noted thing that like in the Olympic vi- village, they can't keep the condom machine full. Totally, yeah. Yeah, because like once you've been like celibate for your event and then once yeah. the, your event's over, like yeah. the damn breaks. And it turns out that like what <laughs> these Olympians are like having babies. So Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Condom machine wasn't broken or, what, or it maybe was. it was broken. Yeah, they were out. Yeah, they were what out. What are you going to do? You're like, put your... <laughs> Put your yen in there and like... I'm pretty sure you could just rinse them out and reuse them, right? <laughs> um, I've never right. seen a condom machine and I'm skeptical of that story. <laughs> you haven't? Have I guess a, in the bathroom. Yeah, so like, like a truck stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was picturing the, like a vending machine. You with get like, the, like, <laughs> all the, the rib for her pleasure. Yeah. The the sex kit that comes with the lube. You ever get that one? <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get to the 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 maybe the favorite part of the show, which is the 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 things we want to kill. Yeah, day flash. Yeah, and um, we're gonna review without spending much time on it. We're just gonna go back to this one: is do not <laughs> stop repelling off of sport anchors. Kill that. It's dead. <laughs> Get lowered off of sport anchors. Yeah, that doesn't need any more. I think, to be honest with you, I want to believe that the taps, the repeated banging on this on taps has literally saved lives. I want to believe that because I, I think it's well, pretty that's easy pretty to believe. pretty delusional. No, <laughs> it's not. No, it really has saved lives, and that's why I'm happy to be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Saving lives. We can't say this enough because we still see it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So first, listen to taps. Second, stop repelling off of sport anchors. Lower. But some Get people, lower. though, like Three. you said, you can give them enough information. It doesn't matter. They have an information well, fortress. Yeah. So the information fortress people Dan. are not our yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, He's wrapping up the sport climbs. Yeah. Don't top rope off of sport anchors. Use your draws. But then the last person, go ahead and lower the fuck off of those sport anchors. Mm-hmm. Somebody will replace them. You'll be okay. Yeah. All right. Don't bolt petroglyphs. Don't bolt petroglyphs. <laughs> That's something we want to see die. Um, all right. I'm going to start. And you guys, will, I don't know if mm-hmm. you have any, but mine is that you are no longer allowed to invoke the Bakkerian in your ethics debate. Yeah. It's done. Okay. Like, I'm with you. It, it, it's like as soon as someone puts a bolt in some fucking chossy pile in the middle of nowhere. It's a total straw man. Somebody's like, well, if you're going to do that, we might as well bolt the backer you're in. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one is going to bolt the backer you're in. <laughs> no matter how many bolts get it put in your shitty sport crag that's down the street from your house. Like, leave it's it's leave it it's been it's been like put out there, it's been used, put away wet like the Bakkerian mm-hmm. will be okay even if like some crappy bolt the sport pitch gets put up next to a crack somewhere in fucking Iowa on a bluff by a river somewhere, okay? So you can't <laughs> use it anymore. It's done. Yeah. Now Chris, what you're saying with that just so that you're clear on the Not implications. Clear. 
you're suggesting that there is nothing idealistic worth aspiring to in climbing and that this is essentially the version of Nietzsche's God is dead argument and that um, there are no values left. There's no, the, yeah. It's a, so you're saying values are dead too? Your, more morality is dead. Your morality <laughs> is yours to choose. You create your own uh-huh. world. Yeah. So the bolter or the first ascensionist has chooses the morality. Totally. Okay. No. So what is an Ubermensch supposed to do <laughs> in climbing now that I can't invoke the Bakayarian? The Bakayarian, it's just like it's always there. It's always like this. It's like the argument goes down like, what if we? It, it, it's like it's not just in the bolting thing. It's in the it's in the it's in the renaming debate yeah. too. Like, well, if you re, rename that like horrible fucking awfully <laughs> racist name yeah. root in fucking where it was in arkansas or wherever <laughs> anything east of the colorado <laughs> no, i was trying to think of uh, i was trying to think of where Dwayne's were Wichita, oh oklahoma. oklahoma oklahoma okay yeah so yeah if you're gonna like if you rename that horribly racist named root in oklahoma then who's gonna stop anyone from renaming <laughs> the back or year yet? Like, yeah it's like Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should rename it just so we stop fucking talking about it. Let's name it route number right. two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, it's like you can't use edge cases to make a, an argument. Cause it doesn't make your argument. No, it's a, yeah. it's a total straw man. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so no more. Yeah. Fair. But take it out of your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And also here's to Urian. <laughs> <laughs> the best player I know. <laughs> here's to Dave Urian. Who I actually knew when I lived in L.A., stand-up guy, but he's the most famous belayer in the world. <laughs> Here's to you, Mr. Urian. Cheers. And I heard he lowered Backer off the chains of the yeah. Backer Urian. <laughs> no, no, he didn't rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure Backer rapped. He did not lower off the chains back in the day. Yeah. Um, so, anyone, anyone want to join in the canceling? I want to I cancel Day Flash. I'm sick of people using the word day flash. Okay. Because, okay. What's day flash? I don't yeah. even know what it is. You two guys don't even know what day flash is. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I know what it like is. sounds like some East Coast thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, be, outside of our Colorado. No, but it is. I go to Yankee up. Candle and then I have a day flash. <laughs> <laughs> to what? We eat our Philly cheesesteaks, these fucking guys and the day flashes. Yeah, with the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> it is a way to make your ascent sound cooler because you day flashed it. But I've seen people use Wait, it define both. It. Huh? What is it? What so is it? I've seen two different de- definitions. Okay. I've seen people say that they walked up to the boulder of the route and they did it first try of the day, ergo day flash, or they did it in a day, ergo day flash. Both like both definitions are flagrantly used. All right. on the internet. Oh my goodness! So this is yeah. one of these. This is. This is actually uh, uh, a nipping of the bud, yeah. Because I don't, th- I don't know that it's that prolific. Uh, yeah, but we, maybe we not. need to stop it in its tracks. Yeah. is what you're trying to say. Yeah, like let's not have this like, proliferate. I, I already think onsite and flash are two like kind of like ambiguous terms. Like it should just be one term. We've been down that on with, the taps with before. like maybe like yeah. a little bit of caveat with it. Right. And day flash is just diluting the water even more. Why do we need a day flash? Who who cares? Right. Done. I don't know. Yeah, not day flash. That. Don't ever say day flash. No, it's not, there's nothing. It's not no. a thing. 
you, it's just you, not a thing. You day flash the wrap off the anchor. Right. Ter- terrible. On, on back to your year. Yeah. <laughs> With your Theragun <laughs> at the base. That's a fucking That's a terrible term. I'm like getting angry right now <laughs> thinking about day flashing. Yeah, yeah day flashing. It, 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 does, it has no use. It, I don't know. Go, moving on. Well, let's put um, your other one in there then, the knee bar grades. Yeah. Because that's also a nipping of the bud because yeah. that's something that's appeared. It's gaining traction amongst like the pros. Right. And I think a lot of that. Well, I don't want to speak for them, but I do think a lot of that has to do with like the sort of like, you know, you have these historic roots that have always been their grade. Well, what you was know? the recent specific drama that we um, saw? Magos and uh, some route that he put up. He, I know I saw a post where he yeah, talked about he gave it one. Someone downgraded it because they used knee bars. Was Magos right. arguing for knee bar grades? Yeah. Yeah. So he, was so was he, he didn't want his root ground graded. Well, so was um, Idu, Idu yeah. Marin. So basically, we're talking about this thing where you, someone puts it up, and then someone comes back and finds knee bars and downgrades it. So the thing I'm not clear about, Andy, is where do you stand? What I grade, think it's, it's just no. the knee bar grade. It's it's the grade. It's the, it the, gets downgraded. The grade is the grade. The the like it's like people saying like, well, I put gear in on this trad climb, so I took a harder grade. It's well, like no, th- that you okay. just contrived the difficulty. Like, All right. So so in that instance. Uh-huh. Where Hermagos has climbed the route, <laughs> yeah, and he rated it whatever nine B. Let's say it's nine B okay, and nine A. And then, and then the it's guy's for like, me it's nine A with knee bars. Okay, so but then we should just forget about the other one. Yeah, you could it's say the like easiest method. The right, you wouldn't say like oh down, right? well, he had two left shoes. Let's give it a two left shoe grade. <laughs> right, like it's just it's just a. A stupid right. delineation like that if needs you, to go oh, away. You use the hand jam. You're not yeah. supposed to use and the I, hand jam. I, I can kind of appreciate. I think like with Edu's case, like the thing he was bringing up was sort of a more of like a, a respect thing where you know knee bars weren't as prevalent in the early days of sport climbing, and so you have these old '80s and '90s roots that were put up without knee bars, right. or or like if there was a knee bar, it was like with your pants or whatever, and so like. You don't want to like. You don't want to disrespectfully be like, "Nah, your AP plus was more like eight A plus." Like, yeah, you right. know. So I think he was kind of like trying to like delicately say like, maybe we can respect your old grade, but have this sort of new school type of grade. And I still also think that's hogwash. I mean, so here's a, a slippery slope question. Uh huh. So what about the person who want who climbs the unkneebarred route with with the knee pads but wants the original grade even though everybody's yeah, like Yeah, that's bullshit. That's going to bring that up because I've yeah. seen that shit yeah. online. I agree. There's a lot of people who are like oh, you're dude. downgrading just because I'm like x y and z person whatever. You're just coming at me because uh, you know I'm like yeah. you think that I can't climb that hard and that's why you're telling me that this route that I climbed with 400 knee bars is is easier than the original grade. What the grade is? Yes, yeah. it's like fuck off. That yeah. is such a uh, egotistical and selfish way to like approach the sport. I think. So the, I agree. The knee bar grade should stand. No. Period. I think the easiest yeah, the, beta yeah. should be the grading of the, the root. Right. I mean, if you find easier beta, the root should go down. And it's not a reflection on the person who did the root with the harder beta yeah. or their competency as a climber. Yeah, exactly. Let it go. Like, let your ego go. Yeah. The root's easier now. Okay. But I, I think there is a point where, like, there are some people who just, like, are absurd with the knee bars. Like, they're just, like, over the top knee barring. Like on everything. Yeah. 
and it's clear that they're doing something that's easier than how everyone else climbs something. But that, again, that edge case beta shouldn't be this norm. Right. Grades like, would come out of a consensus, not like the guy yeah. who. So if there's like one person who's just like a knee bar yeah. freak who yeah. can climb the, you know, 13. It's like the one person who's a crimp freak or the one person who's a pinch freak. Right. And like, you, you know, you can't grade the, based on yeah, that. Yeah, they're but, the six foot seven yeah. person who but, like does the. How do you how do you guys feel about like hypothetically let's say that like the world's (laughs) first fourteen A or the world's first fifteen A has three knee bars in it and now it's not. However, you have to admit that the person who first climbed it clearly had fourteen A or fifteen A beta. Like, do you still recognize that as the world's first? I think so. I think you recognize that grade, but then I think you just like you downgrade it. Yeah, easier beta was found. Yeah, later. But the grade at the time is a historical sort of like yeah point that we just stay with. Yeah, right. Totally. We don't tear that statue down. Right. It were right. But that's Uh, like you imagine being like the world's best climber, and your biggest fear in life is that you don't find the easiest beta on your project. (laughs) Yeah, it gets downgraded. (laughs) Sounds so nice. I mean, you guys, grades don't matter though. Oh, they do. <laughs> they, they're all that matters. Yeah. One day we'll have that taps where we we put uh, grades. Great, are grades no, go to grades the, are dead. Grades go to you die. You just go to the cliff. Yeah. You look up. You well, just they're start going climbing. to die if people keep arguing yes, for something exactly. stupid like, like knee bar grades. I deserve the all the points, even yes. though I did all the knee bars. Um, yeah. Can we agree agree that battery hanging battery powered fans off of sport routes? is uh gotta go <laughs> yeah okay that's let's, not something that a lot of people do <clears throat> i know but let's not have that's it. another cringe. nip in the bud yeah yeah that's, that's a new a part one. of the, that's a new part of the show can you nip put in a, the bud can you put a fan in your hammock though a fan in your hammock <laughs> is totally, what about a fan in your looking. banana hammock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> andrew have you got a con- contribution to the the stake in the heart yes that you can think of i do without me telling you what's on the list my thing that I know I put on our text thread this year was the uh, phrase "male dominated" to describe climbing. Oh, good thing we got three guys here to talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, not fraught at all. Yeah. Yeah, but we want to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, there's been uh, you know reports like on the demographics and climbing, and it's basically fifty fifty among the sexes. But there's still this like easy rhetorical use in a lot of articles i see that climbing media companies that's just like constantly refers to climbing as male dominated i just don't think there's like an honest way you just like no you can't honestly describe climbing as being male dominated i don't think well i mean if you look at the room it's kind of male dominated well, it's no, this do- podcast is that's what dominated. I mean. Yeah, yeah. We try, yeah. I tried to but get a lady. To, on this to your one. point, I mean, I they they, they say that like you know, fifty three percent of indoor climbers are female, and and if you go to a sport crag, it's something like forty six or you know, like yeah, it, fifty fifty. Yeah, about about right. yeah, and depends on the day, right? Yeah, um, it's a sloppy thing. I mean, you could certainly mm. argue that like mm, it's male dominated. It's male dominated. There's certain aspects of it that are male dominated, like root development is totally male dominated. There's no argument there. Right. Who, d- name a female bolter. Oh god. Crickets across the board. Yeah. I mean, you I know? can think of a few, but uh, your point's taken. I, I but you see what I'm saying? I just think yes. that it's it, like this I think easy... using it is sloppy. Yeah. I think it's really sloppy. And I just like to see that term like get a little I'm I'm flagging it now because I think it needs to be thought Mm-hmm. I, it just needs to be okay. considered. So I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to come in here with two points. I think that 
what you just said is important that it's flagged. Yeah. It's we're not it's like it's on its death throes. Yeah. Because I mean I think you can cite statistics but then you can go back to something more akin to what Andy just said is that you know there's let's say there's 20 guys at the gym and 23 girls at the gym that doesn't mean that those the influence of what those guys are doing or saying or the or collective imposing experience. upon yeah opposing upon the sport as a culture isn't still dominating and so do you really think that the culture is like lacking in a female voice Certain ones. I mean, alpine climbing, it certainly is still but just dominated in general, by men. Like, I don't think of climbing as being like lacking in that. I, I don't think it's, it's lacking. And, but... and it's gotten a lot better than it was. Yeah, of I'm course. just saying yeah, that. Like... No, I think I'm saying this because I think it's right. a good thing. I think yeah. it's awesome. No, no, we're not. Yeah, not I mean, like... it's good that we can get rid of it. But I think that it's a, it's a little bit lazy. But at the same time, there's an argument to be made that it's sort of like culture is still despite the fact that there may be like a parody within the numbers that the influence is sort of still masculine in certain aspects of it. You move away from gym climbing and sport climbing. I think you could, I mean, it's hard to parse those statistics out and they're probably not being taken, but anecdotally you could say that, yeah, it's still pretty heavy dude zone, especially like Alpine climbing, Mm -hmm. you know, and therefore the, the, but we just the, decided alpinism was dead. The zeitgeist, no, Everest, uh, 8,000 8, meter peaks are dead. Okay. It's like, just going to trickle down. So I'm, I'm just like pushing back a teeny bit on its death. Yeah, I'm yeah I just that, think like, that it's on its way out, which is a good thing. We're, we're, we're I'm totally, not saying, I'm, I, yeah, I got, yeah, it's obviously I need to like do throat clear, a lot of throat clearing to well, like I mean, explain it's just what a I'm trying to say. Thing of what does, what do you mean by dominated? No, I, I think, I think where you're coming from is totally legit in the sense that, you know, just throwing this like, term male dominator around you know is is just a very sloppy way of of going about well it was once true and it was how we described the sport because it was true not that long ago right, within right. our lifetimes right. and so yeah it's it's like this thing that lingers on that is lingering in our you know vernacular our, our vernacular yeah. like baseline perceptions of what the sport of climbing is and so when an editor gets an article and they see someone like, well, climbing's still a male-dominated sport, so this proves my thesis that X is true and Y mm-hmm. is true or whatever, they don't blink an eye or like th- right. think twice about it right. because it had been true for so long. You want nuance. Yeah. I want nuance. Yeah. And, I, and I want people... I think it's important to recognize the progress that has been made mm-hmm. in, in gender parity, yeah. just in terms of numbers, but... Of course, there's areas where men dominate that and that women... So Either like haven't yet or should as men, more. I think we can all sort of talk about how women think, right? I mean, that's like <laughs> sort of, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. We got a good. Yeah. So why don't more women bolt? Oh God, no, we're not going there. It's a, we're at like one forty. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. The notion is on its way out. Yeah, as it mm-hmm. should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that's a good thing. So I, I just agree. wanted to flag that as yeah. like a, as a as um. A trend, or yeah. just like a, a sloppy thinking. I think in, I agree. In describing our sport. So overall, do you feel as though uh, 2021, the trends in climbing that we've been talking about, were positive or negative? You want me to pontificate on whether the whole of climbing in 2021 was positive or negative? Yes, uh, I think it was pretty positive. All right. 
Um, what was the most positive thing about 2021 uh, in climbing? The most positive thing? I mean, we didn't have as many people blapping after watching Free Solo that everyone said. <laughs> right. That's true. That was another thing I wanted to bring up. Like, people. I mean, I think we thought yeah. we all thought that. I thought that. I thought, like, why are we promoting a film on free soloing? And so, a trend that we thought was going to happen that died was this idea Thankfully. that everybody would start free soloing, particularly El Cap. Like, just fucking yeah. bros would be just marching yeah. up there and they're in their high tops and just being like, well, that little skinny thing could do this. I'll fucking fire this thing. We like literally that was in, in the comment section, not only from like non climbers, but from climbers, like this idea that we're going to set off this like fury of soloing and death. Yeah. And, and that just literally did not happen. Not at all. No. Well, I mean, I, you know, there was still probably the, the regular spate of accidents, right? but it, I don't, Again, this is we don't we're not sitting here looking at the stats, but I don't think it was any more or less no. than guys are going to go free solo one way or the other. Yeah, and the same ones that were going to go went. The same ones that were yeah. already free soloing were free soloing. Yeah, yeah. So that complete that definitely turned out to be bullshit. Yeah, not so only in twenty twenty one, but every day since now the movie until, came yeah. out. Yeah, so uh, that's positive to yeah. me. I don't know. What about you? What was the most positive thing of twenty twenty one? Honestly, I feel like the last two years have been a fucking blur. Blur. Yeah. It's That's just been hard like to a remember which ones are which. I yeah. Know, it's just like a COVID blur and it's yeah. just like a weird time and I'm looking forward to like normalcy. We, yeah, normalcy. Yeah. Well, I think in a lot of ways the climbing after twenty twenty did get a little bit just back to normal. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel like it our, felt normal. It our felt our local normal. climbing areas felt kind of more basic more normal you mm-hmm. talked about that fear that we had that like you know touching holds could get i mean it it just like i think that all that went by the wayside we 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 definitely got plenty of evidence that hanging out in um in the outdoors together was not super dangerous right and uh i think Pete's shit got back to normal in a way that a lot of other life didn't yeah yeah i agree answer dilk you're scared <laughs> Shit, okay. Hey, dude. Okay, put on speaker. Okay, hold on. You're on speaker. Oh, cool. Clues, what's happening? Hey, we're doing the taps episode right now, buddy. We want to. Amazing. We, we wanted to catch up with you. Oh, man. Great. <laughs> it's good to hear from you again. <laughs> We're just about done. Is there anything you want to add to the show? Is there anything? anything? <laughs> we miss you, buddy. We miss your oh, sharp man, insight. You oh, I miss you guys too, for sure. No, I mean, I haven't even been able to think about rock climbing because of the arm. So it's uh, cool to kind of even contemplate that. Well, tell us a little bit about the accident. Sure. Uh, you know, so I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, riding home. October 15th, it was a beautiful sunny day. Uh, those were memorable in this part of the world, so you, you tend to know the blue sky days. I was just riding the road down the road and um, in a bike lane. It's about four feet wide uh, with going with the flow of traffic, and I was at an intersection uh, with a green light, and there were a couple of cars ahead trying to take a left, and they had oncoming traffic, so they were stopped. And this gentleman pulled out into the lane while I was in it and uh, just clipped me with his side view mirror. And that's what hit my arm. And I went flying into a ditch and uh, 
immediately knew the arm was um, jacked. It was like bent in half and facing the wrong way. So basically just luckily there were pedestrians and the guy stopped and uh, called 911 and yeah, they came and pulled me out of the ditch and uh, got the arm straightened that night and then had surgery a week later, put a bunch of plates in and a couple of screws and the uh, now it's getting better. What's your prognosis? Um, you climbing soon? I don't know. That's a good question. It's definitely getting a little stronger. I went for my first bike ride today. Uh, I just picked up my bike from the repair shop and uh, I did a little ride just in my neighborhood and my arm didn't hurt at all. So I'm feeling like really good. I see the surgeon in uh, about 10 days and we're going to do another x-ray. One of the issues is that um, it was a pretty severe break in that both bones, the radius and ulna were shattered and there were like what they call like a butterfly break. So there are a bunch of bits of bone that weren't able to be compressed perfectly with uh, steel plates. So there is like a sizable chunk or two that's waiting to like kind of fully bridge and start uh, connecting with the rest of the bone. So that's what's kind of taken a little bit longer than I think a traditional break would. But I'm pretty confident that um, I might be able to rope up. Like, uh, I mean, I'm trying not to be that guy who like, goes too early too fast and like re-injures himself but you know maybe in a month or two so my daughter dilk my daughter broke those same two bones like a couple uh, months ago oh um, no i'm so sorry to hear that yeah but the, is she all right yeah she's well she just got her cast off last week and we went to the climbing oh, gym today the, totally. the orthopedic actually said that rock climbing was the best thing she could do for the bones amazing yeah Oh, I'm so I'm I so glad to hear that. My surgeon is like really stoked that I'm an active, healthy human and not like kind of like an older or like you know not someone who exercises as much. Um, I mean, I have it has felt impossible to put weight on it. Um, just like I was doing a little bit of skiing, like Nordic skiing and stuff, and I was pulling on it, and it it hurt right after. And like the thought of even now getting down, I'm doing like standing push-ups, and those feel all right, but it still like kind of hurts and I feel unbelievably weak and it, the bone, I don't know if I just trust it yet to like that I could put weight on it, but I guess maybe hanging from like more of the fingers and stuff might, might help strengthen it. Well, really my hopeful. point, was, my point was just that my five-year-old daughter is more hardcore than you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually the other thing the orthopedic said was to play Twister. So maybe you could start with Twister, Dilk. There you go. I basically am doing those Twister at PT. Would uh, you, but it's... would you say that in 2021, your, your climbing career went code red? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> we got the paddles. We're trying to, we're like trying to get, get to get it back going. I mean, I will say that, I will say that in 2022, I've never been more psyched to go rock climbing, even at the biggest, dirtiest graffiti riddled choss pile that are the crags around Portland. I feel like I'm a brand new climber again. And the stoke is just going to be like out of control. Um, so there's like maybe a silver lining of like a, if it comes back to life, it'll be just fully reinvigorated. Roundup herbicide by Monsanto. There's never been a herbicide like it before. 
applied to actively growing weeds at the proper stage of growth. Roundup translocates down and throughout the entire plant. In a matter of days, Roundup controls many of the toughest grasses and weeds, including their underground root systems. Roundup, the herbicide that gets to the root of the problem.